Welcome to Words Unbound, the social and emotional value of written art. Thank you for choosing to listen, folks and blokes of all sorts and all around. I am Zaria Clancy. I appreciate you for sharing your time and attention with me. Today, I will be reading Our Dangerous Sweetness by Amir Rabaya. I will be connecting the themes of this poem to a quote by a local artist here in Omaha, Nebraska, Tim Berry. I will take a break by talking about another Flatwater Free Press article, this one titled, UNK Budget Woes Have Small Town Students Asking, What About Me? I will be relating the topics of this article to a personal experience I have had attending a couple of UNO's College of Arts and Sciences Dean Search public forums. Finally, I will share my response to last episode's prompt about change in a poem titled Stepwise Banter, and introduce a new prompt inspired by this episode's major themes. Here is Our Dangerous Sweetness by Amir Rabaya. When I hear the news, another one of us has been killed. My heart constricts. I reach with a frantic grief towards a soothing balm, difficult to find. And I can't help but think of all the times my own life has been threatened, of all the people I love and their own lives. I am tired of being afraid to speak my name to unbind my chest, to be feminine and masculine, to go outside. I am tired of being afraid of being brown. I am tired of being afraid of my own existence, of revealing my full self, for fear that if I do, I will be killed. Here, I am the living impossibility like so many of the people I love who have the audacity to embrace themselves. Each day, I feel departed souls swirl around me. I feel thousands of hands brushing away my tears. They say, do what you were born to do, to write these words down, to write myself into wholeness, to write myself away from vengeance. They say, listen, and so I listen. For a long time, I listen. And then they say, speak to those that are still here. And so I speak to those of you still here. I speak to say, my dear, beautiful people, each time you are broken, I break, I break, I break a little more, then unbreak. I am piecing myself back together with the care of a potter's hands. I, Clay Phoenix, I feel the heat of our resurrections burning to glaze our skin and to glow my fire and my kiln. Are these words, this space, the intimate threads of our connection? My prayer, 
we remember ourselves as entwined in the struggle. My prayer, we undo the knots we have tied around ourselves. We breathe, we remember, can be bound together and free. I write because I feel the pulse of us, chanting the names of those who have died. <clears throat> Our own names, our essences as holy. I envision us going on to eclipse, building, bigger, 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 more luminous, so bright. My beautiful people, our breaking is our making. And if I strip all my other identities away, I am simply a poet who listens to God, to the dead, to the living, to all left behind, to all the places in between. I am simply a poet who writes these words because I believe in us, because I know a faith uncontainable by an alphabet. My beautiful people let us dream towards what we want, beyond survival. Let us dream towards loving ourselves till we become love over and over again. My beautiful people, I can taste our honeyed victory. My beautiful people, our dangerous sweetness is our rebellion. This is an incredibly powerful poem by Amir Rabaya. I feel like it starts out by touching on this idea or feeling of living in fear that is inherent to your identity and how that identity is tied to communities that we end up forming or even being kind of inducted into somehow by nature of how we are perceived by others. Of course, moving straight into this very, very deep conversation about the members of our communities that have passed on and how they release, in my interpretation, they become the energy which drives us to do those things which truly matter. I'm talking about listening to them, listening to the souls of those who have passed on and listening to the world around and being open to these dialogues and accepting of others' truths. I believe that it is imperative to change, that we communicate with this love and with this acceptance of all things, this dangerous sweetness, which is our rebellion. And I think especially towards the end, touching on this understanding of the need for survival tends to subvert one's ability to do exactly that. You know, talking about what we want beyond survival, and that thing that is beyond survival, being able to have that dream towards loving ourselves till we become love over and over again. I interpret this as kind of being the ability to extend that to the people around you. And for me, you know, this is a big part of why it is so important for those who have access to exercise their, you know, con contextual or relative privilege to support those in need, 
because things don't passively trickle down. Things are actively built up. It takes work. But people reciprocate love and compassion as much as they do anger. It is very important that we do not forget that. And now I'd like to share a quote by an old mentor of mine, Tim Berry, attempting to kind of interpret this idea of being asked to write, to speak, and use that art for communication to their community and to the larger world around them. <clears throat> the arts are about transforming common materials and creating things that enrich our lives and allow us to explore and share our dreams and ideas. The arts are about the beauty we find, the pain and ugliness we witness, the what-ifs and journeys we dream about and experience. The arts are about the mechanics, theory, power, and importance of communication. The arts are our record of the human spirit. We all need this exposure. Tim Barry of the Hot Shops Art Center. One of the things that especially jumped out to me and made me want to share this quote in particular is that bit in the end about how the arts are our record of the human spirit and how that connects to the poem speaking about the souls of those that have passed on and more or less taking on this task for them serving to record that human spirit. It holds very dearly to me that the reality of human souls, the truth we have inside of us, is not so simply the aggregate of all past occurrences which led to the possibility of us existing exactly as we are in every moment. This unfathomably large web of action experience, emotion, history even predating life itself on earth. We are a part of that, each of us, and we carry on that torch of existence whether we like it or not. I believe that exploring the arts is integral to understanding the nature of existence itself. Science is in and of itself an art of logical explanation. If you are to integrate this type of art into the art of human communication, it could be said to become the art of debate. Of course, I come from a perspective that all extensions of existence can be viewed as art. Interaction, creation, reformation, destruction, communication, art. Amir Rabaya, I believe folds these concepts so beautifully into a poem that there really is no way to fully explain all that lies inside of it. It simultaneously contains the witnessing of horror, grieving over death, exploring and understanding the self, and yet creating hope and love to overcome these things, moving toward a brighter future for all people. Incredible. So now we have another article by the Flatwater Free Press titled UNK, or the University of Nebraska at Kearney, uh, Budget Woes Have Small Town Students Asking 
what about me? I would highly encourage going to flatwaterfreepress.org to read this in full yourself. It is an absolutely wonderful work done by Natalia Alamdari and Evelyn Magia. To summarize the main points that I'm getting out of this, at least that I have been planning to talk about, it seems as though there is, due to budget cuts, of course, there is a $4.3 million budget gap at the University of Nebraska Kearney because of, uh, because of this, and in an attempt to resolve this budget gap, they are looking at cutting some modern language majors, theater and philosophy programs, music performance program, a geography program. In total, there's a proposed axing, as, uh, axing, as they say, of 13 majors, most of which are in the arts and humanities. This is just the start of even bigger slashes into the budget, at each of its four campuses amounting to $58 million over the next two years in total. So the Nebraska University system is facing a lot of budget cuts, and this is kind of coming from a lot of places. There's some national conversation about the value of higher education under this context of pretty heavy inflation, which is increasing costs for institutes of higher education, as well as making the general cost of living for people thinking about attending university higher. It is making it a lot more difficult decision to take out student loans considering what is going on economically, let alone pay for tuition without loans. This issue of value is often being compared to sometimes significantly cheaper vocational schools and or community colleges that may be offering things like HVAC certification, welding certification, diesel tech certification, and the like. These programs are often very efficient and are definitely very valuable and necessary forms of education. However, they are not the end-all be-all of education. They are certainly not the best fit for everybody, and going both directions should be perfectly viable as well. Both of these things, I believe, need to exist. The question is, what form do they exist in, and how does that interact with the larger context of our society right now? Vanessa Sansone professor of higher education at the University of Texas San Antonio and director of policy for the Alliance for Research on Regional Colleges is quoted in the article saying, one of the things that speaks to, sorry, one of the things that speaks to is an overemphasis on understanding what the value of a higher education degree is. Evidence demonstrates that humanities and arts have prolific outcomes on student success. These particular degrees are not any less important than STEM-related programs. One thing I'd like to speak to in particular is that I have recently attended a couple of UNO's College of Arts and Sciences dean searches. They are searching for a new dean to fill what is a... I mean, not entirely vacant... I think they have an interim dean in that position at the moment, of course, because it's difficult to just leave it completely empty. 
However, one of the things that really popped out to me in those events, which relates to the topics of this article, is that the main point that the candidates were asked to present on was, quote, the value of liberal arts education, end quote. Really connecting to this national conversation about whether or not these liberal arts educations and the institutes of higher education are actually useful or valuable when it comes to the context of jobs, when it comes to the context of our economy, and these things which are felt to be more objectively measurable, which is not, I would argue, is not how the world works, because not everything can be objectively measured. That's part of the problem of trying to make things truly successful because it's hard to capture all the value that things can have. One of the candidates stating that the chancellor's priorities, at least for now, are very heavily based on getting these kinds of job readiness and career readiness kind of perspectives and somehow fit these into the liberal arts and humanities types of programs and majors and such trying to prove the value of their programs that way to secure funding and to attract students and get that tuition money as well. Because it's not all just state-funded, right? A lot of it's coming from tuition as well, which of course is heavily subsidized by the federal government as well as some state funding through grants and scholarships and of course the loans from the federal student aid and all that. Anyway, Huge thanks to the writers of Flatwater Free Press for covering things like this because they are incredibly important, and it's oftentimes very difficult to stay aware of what's going on in your local communities. It takes a lot of active effort, and we have a severe lack of local news, I believe, at least here in Nebraska. So a huge thank you to them for having that available. I again highly suggest that you check out this article. It's there's there's way more information than I'm able to cover, as well as a wonderful plethora of other stories that they have on their website. Yeah. Uh moving on. I will start with my own response to last episode's prompt about change. This is one that I ended up adopting, you know some poetic structure to show change. So I have three line stanzas. I'm kind of switching different numbers of syllables per line as we move from stanza to stanza. And how the approach toward choice kind of morphs as the number of syllables decreases, uh, then returns to something a little bit more free as far as word choice goes. So here is stepwise banter by Zaria Clancy. Reduce, deducing deduction, to be the only instruction we may use for the construction. Take away the meaning, sun and moon were gleaming. Sorry, sun and moon were gleaning, earth is not so gleaming. Despite the hope, we find ourselves hanging by rope. There is no way to know where to go. For sure, ensure, we're lost. Did we wrong the rights? Have we lost the fights? Mornings move to nights. Counterfeit the destiny 
deny us the rest we need. Won't the leaders ever heed? Strangled voices of the ones they lead? So apologies, I kind of lied because the very last line is not part of a three-line stanza, but mm, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I would like to introduce our new prompt for this episode. I'm trying to build off of the headlighting poem by Amir Rabaya. So I'm inviting you to write about the sense of community that you have or the lack thereof. How does the expression of your voice relate to your community? Do you support it? Does it support you? How do we achieve effectual change in our communities? Of course, feel free to write however you want and whatever style you want, and if you would like to ignore the prompt altogether, you're absolutely free to do that as well. Please submit any writing you're comfortable having shared to wordsunboundpodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to submit feedback, ask questions, or simply say hi. That's wordsunboundpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. You can refer to me as Zaria Clancy, at ambivalentzela on Instagram, where I post poetry and stuff sometimes. Words Unbound now has its own Instagram account, at words.unbound.project as well, where you can find poems and information about events that we are hosting around Omaha, Nebraska. This has been episode 7 of Words Unbound, the social and emotional value of written art. Remember, for those moments when you can't put it into words, put it into poetry. Thank you for sharing your time and attention with me. I appreciate you.